0: Welcome to Pivot Talks with PC. My name is Pauline Caballero, and we're talking change. It isn't coming. It's here. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Pivot Talks with PC. I, um, yeah, I have a very, I I know I say this a lot, but I don't want to say this time I mean it, but I have a very special person joining me today, and it's Gail Ramdiel. And I just want to... (laughs) Hey, Gail. Thank you so much for joining, by the way.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I know we have, um, so just to sort of provide the listeners with some context, we have scheduled this interview, this conversation, um, a handful of times. And like one, one day it's like a text from me saying, I can't do it. I can't talk about this. And sometimes it's you saying it's not today, Pauline, today is not the day. And, um, and, and today, you know, it seems that the stars are aligned, the the moon is out, and it's uh, time for us to have this conversation. So many of you who have been listening and following this podcast or who know me personally know that September 1st, 2020, we lost an angel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We, lost, um, we lost Nicholas Ramdiel, and that is Gail's 16-year-old son, and... I refer to him as my third son. Like, there's no question about it. That is how we felt about each other, actually. And, you know, I, it was interesting. I was going through my text messages and, and Nicholas on uh, Mother's Day in 2020 sent me a message, happy Mother's Day to my second mom. <laughs> and that's really the relationship that we have. And it's mm-hmm. funny, even before we got on this podcast, I was just telling you that you know, if you look through on Google reviews, the reviews for pivot talks. Nicholas put a review one year ago, you know, today. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Like today. And wow. bless his heart. He <laughs> gave me five stars. Thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: of course. <laughs> and he says, this is an amazing podcast and I really recommend it to everyone. So, you know, on this podcast we've been talking all about pivot and change and and Mm -hmm. and this is something that you and I have been working through it and of course like you more than me Mm. and I I really
1: I to. I think it affects you just as much as me because we both were an integral part of his life
0: yeah and that's what makes you so great is just the grace that you allow for everyone but you know
1: It's the truth.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I, I really, the conversation today is just about, you know, sort of what you've been dealing with and how, how you've been mourning and how you've been grieving. And, and I think, you know, so often on this podcast, we've been, we talk about like pivoting our life and changing it to a new perspective. And sometimes change happens that we didn't expect, nor do we want.
1: Yeah. And it forces your hand. That's how I felt. Yeah, so from, for my story is when the news came, I'm gonna be very emotional. And when the news came down that I had lost my son by a tragic accident, he got hit by a transport truck just like blocks away from our home. My world stopped. It just stopped. dead, like literally dead. And it's like you go into this fugue. And it's like, what do I do now? What purpose do I have? Mm -hmm. And honestly, as a mother, that's what you feel because you've lived 16 years centering him around you. You know, you're centering yourself around him. You're guiding him. You're mentoring him. Chris and I are just like, we're so involved in this life and we had such a great relationship and now it's gone. And grief is a very visceral experience. I can tell you, I don't wish this on Anyone, it takes over every fiber of your being, almost to the point of like stopping breathing. If that makes sense, like you're just going through the motions. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if it wasn't for you, and if it wasn't for our network of people, honestly, I do not know how Chris and I would get through this. I really don't know how we have done it. And the thing with me, what I kept in the forefront of my mind is. I have to make him proud, I have to get up, I have to move, and I have to be productive. And I have to make him proud. So for me, that's purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's where the concept of um, the foundation came to play, like, because when he was living, and I really didn't understand how and I'm not just saying this, because, you know, he's my son. But I really didn't understand how he touched people's lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was not that person to break. He just, the the vigil, like a couple days after his death, there was a vigil that was beautiful. But the amount of people there that were touched by him was just, it made Chris and I so proud to be his parents. And that how he affected people's lives and how he changed people's lives. And we got letters and notes from his friends saying, how, how he was such a pivotal point in their life and how he helped them. It was over. Just We were just so glaringly proud of him. So then the thought came to me, I want to take this somewhere. I, he's given me a platform of advocacy. Mm. And the one thing Chris and I are about are advocacy. Him and I, we help people. And it's just, that's what I think human beings should do. We should help one another. Okay? And that's where the Rise High Foundation came into play. And that's how it was born, yeah. through his name. I love that. I mean, for, for
0: those of you, I mean, when Nicholas passed away September 1st, 2020, yeah, I mean, Gail, the, the world stopped and it, it was a, a horrible accident. And the vigil that took place it, there was, there was hundreds of people. And just to set the stage, we were in the midst of COVID. Yeah. You weren't supposed to have more than 50 people gather at all.
1: And we ended up blocking the road. The cops were there too. They were all, it was, it, it was, it was such a sense of community. It mm-hmm. was just a lot of love in one area and no one complained and no one cared. Like everyone was taking precautions. Everyone was wearing masks, everyone, you know, but the love that he brought was there, yeah, and everyone felt it,
0: yeah. And it was a true testament to the legacy of which who yeah. Nicholas was on this planet, yes. who he was, and who how he embodied the level of care. Yeah, and, and that's because he he learned it from you. He learned it from his father Chris, and he learned it from his mother Gail.
1: <laughs> and it's um, because there's one thing, like. The only thing going into this is that we didn't have any regrets. Okay. We were blessed with just this great kid. And I would say to Chris, like, we made this, like, how is this possible? (laughs) Like we made this wonderful human being and our pride about having him in our life and who he was and how he went through this world was just amazing. And we did that. (laughs) It's kind of like, okay. And when it's, it's, how he affected people in this world and how he his like, even like people gravitated towards him. They looked up to him and he was always had a kind heart and he never judged <laughs> at all. And that's the thing with even with rise highs, there's no judgment there. We just want to help people that don't have the means to do it, especially for, for youth from 13 to 25. And the thing with this rise high foundation too is peer to peer we're not going through a middleman. So mm-hmm. we, want, we want kids, well, we want youth to actually ask for help, build that self-esteem because that's what he did. He built people's, these kids' self-esteem. I mean, you could see it. And he really, if you look at his friends, they wouldn't have met if it wasn't for him being the common denominator. He was the best you know man- I mean? Yeah. He was. The he was. He was. He was very much so.
0: Very much so so this rise high foundation really the concept and and i'll say like you know um seeing you handle grief and really i'll say shift your purpose to supporting others has been such a, a beautiful thing to witness and really with the rise high foundation your your mission is to give youth an opportunity mm-hmm do the thing whatever that thing is that they can't afford to do and want to do exactly. does it matter
1: exactly. like what you're does it okay. It doesn't matter it, it doesn't matter what they want it first of all you want to empower them to ask for help because the number one thing people th- see as weak is asking for help yeah. and actually it's the most courageous thing you can do mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so by doing that you're empowering them to their self-esteem and giving them confidence and then having them heard. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Youth aren't heard enough in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're and not- I just want to change that.
0: Right. That's something that Nicholas really had with you too.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that, Oh, listening- we listen. Yeah. 100% listening, not judging. Cause remember we were teenagers once too. Okay. Like, let's not forget that. So, The guidance is there. It's just guiding them in the right direction, being responsible for who they are, but also, you know, recognizing if people are, are, you know, trying to make you do something you don't want to do, they're not your friends. And that's, you know, always be, always be gracious to people. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know their story. So that's the one thing I actually told Nicholas. They're perhaps going through something. So don't ever be mean to anybody, right? Be, have compassion, have empathy, but Just know where they stand in your life, but always be kind. Yeah. I mean, this whole year has really taught me that because people don't actually know what they don't. And this puts this in placement. Like one thing it's like, geez, you know, no one knows people's stories. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that we don't expose to the public, right? There's a lot like the, when I was first going through, like at the very beginning, I felt like an alien. I felt like this person that has had this tragic loss and no one could no one no one could really relate to what I was going through. And and I just felt like an outsider that and I, you know, would put on the face and and do whatever because I had to. I have to get up in the morning, I have to push myself through. But it was it, it was just so hard. Mm-hmm. And now I realize, oh my God, there's so many other people out there, you have no idea what they're going through. Mm-hmm. So again, teaching empathy and compassion and mm-hmm. understanding, psychologically speaking, if someone's reacting in a way, it's because of something. It's mm-hmm. the why they're reacting the way they are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and understand, not trying to understand it, but just, you know, what, have a little, have a little compassion towards that. Yeah.
0: It's beautiful. I mean, because we don't know. We don't. What we're dealing with How. Like for, for anyone that's listening, that that's dealing with grief, what have been some of the things that have worked for you and maybe things that
1: haven't worked for you? Okay. Well, at the very beginning, you're basically dilapidated with grief and it's a struggle and I'm not going to lie. It's a struggle. And the one thing I do, which I can tell to people is don't push yourself. And I'm very bad at that pushing Mm -hmm. through things and it's not allowing myself grace to just let it be, to sit in it for a while. Mm -hmm. The number one I say to people is don't rush it. Allow you to feel what you're feeling. I have learned that. I've learned patience, okay? And not rushing or getting angry that this isn't, because I'm like, get over it, get over it. Well, there's no getting over this. Like Mm -hmm. that is not even, that's not even an issue. That's not even a choice. (laughs) You'll never get over it. It's just what you do with it and again because he was my only child it's different because we don't have other children to nurture Mm -hmm. okay so another thing i recommend right away but an animal helps because it gives you purpose and you get to love it so we got a dog courtesy of you i'll (laughs) never forget that day (laughs) to understand my husband is not a pet person but we're now at a 180 degree turn on that and i think he loves the dogs more than me just saying (laughs) (laughs) again like it's like i actually researched this and like i'm even putting that part of like a i've actually written um, a story about that and how how pets can be your angels on earth you know because i don't have anywhere to nurture these dogs I'm nurturing and it's actually put a purpose to me as to something to direct my focus on that's right. living <laughs> right yeah so it's one thing another thing it's like counseling therapy i recommend that highly a grief therapist more so i do not recommend group therapy at the beginning because i thought well oh, that would be great cuz you know i'm social no People in group therapy have already worked through the very um, early struggles of what you go through in grief. So you'll just end up being a puddle. (laughs) You won't even, you're not there yet. Now I think I could sit in a group and and talk about it openly. Um, But therapy, I recommend. For me, yoga saved me. Yoga. And this was hard because not only am I grieving through a completely tragic, 100% loss of my life, my world. We're doing it during COVID. Yeah. So the things that I hold that, that actually helped me, I couldn't go to Mm. yoga. So for me, that was my centering. That was, I, a lot of release came through yoga. I could sit there in Savasana, freaking just cry my eyes out, but it was a release Mm -hmm. and you have to allow yourself to release. However, which way, don't keep it in. You have to let it out. And you know me, I'm not a very emotional person, but now I just don't care. And like openly emotional, I should say. Right. And I just cried every drop of a pin. Like doesn't matter. Um, just, I would just say like, you just have to talk to someone about it. You have to sit and talk with your husband and you have to understand during this as well, you you grieve. Every individual grieves, in, like as an individual. It's different mm-hmm. for both people, mm-hmm. and that can be a struggle. I'm not going to lie, because I deal with things differently than my husband Chris does. But we have a solid relationship, and that's the strength that we had. And Nicholas, he he he's the one we want to make proud, even now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. And not disappoint him. Because the one thing I know. From our son. He would not want us sitting and crying. He wouldn't want us. Just you know. Not doing anything. He always wanted people to be happy. As I'm crying. well, He did. He <laughs> always wanted so, people to be happy. Yeah. So I just. Just allow yourself to feel it. Because you have to go through it. To get to a. Not the other side because there's no other side to this. Just more of a calming side, mm-hmm. right? Where you're, you're just it, you get into a different spot. Because I look at myself a year because it's September first mm-hmm. in well next week, and it was our wedding anniversary too <laughs> that he died. So <laughs> twentieth wedding anniversary this year. So it's a very memorable date. <laughs> it is but um, that's the thing you just want to make them proud even you know what would he want us to do and we don't want to disappoint him well I know
0: he will be and is very proud of you too and the way that you've really collectively sort of linked arms and, and faced this together yeah I mean, that's something that I've really seen. And for those of you yeah. listening that don't know, like Gail and I live across the street from each other and, and Nicholas was, you know, Noah, Nicholas and my son, Noah grew up together.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And he, that's, that's the thing though, Pauline, it didn't just affect Chris and I it affected the whole neighborhood because everyone knew him. Everyone knew him. Right. And then you have kids like like Noah and Jacob that, you know, when someone their age or at 16 years old ends up like dying, that's that hits hard, right? You're 16 and you have your whole life ahead of you when this happens. So it really can change a teenager's way of thinking. So
0: I know, you know, the other day we went to the bike. So there's a, a bike um, that's right at the site where Nicholas passed and and we went to the bike and Noah wanted to talk to Nick about his girlfriend. <laughs> He's like, you know, he was just so sad. He said, you know, mom, this was, uh, this was finally the time where he
1: and I were going to connect, you know, mm-hmm. and trade girl stories. Oh my God. And it, we would always say, remember, we would joke and be like, okay, who's going to be the the wingman in the car when they go and have their license, which we were like, almost like cringing at because oh god another milestone to go through when they're on their own but oh yeah like we saw them together like thickest thieves those two
0: well, but we found a way to reach him we found a way to talk to yeah. him and and went there and you know and he he speaks to him often good and i think that's definitely something that you know we We sometimes take, we don't realize like that spiritual side of it. And I think that's right. you and Chris have really taught that to me and to my family about how, yeah, people leave this earth and their body, but
1: Mm -hmm. they're always with you. They're always with you. Always with you. In a way, even like looking just, there's always just something around you that just makes you remember him. Little signs that are given each day that just make you remember him. So I always know Chris and I always know he's around. which gives you strength as well right
0: But you have to be willing to to listen you know yes sometimes I talk about the gentle whispers of your heart mm-hmm. and I talk about it in a way from like a business perspective but really it's it's also from a way of like a human connection. It is you know 100%. like. I, I think about the light post that hasn't gone off in your backyard. Right?
1: Yes. And it's like, and actually like my husband's Hindu. So we had um, the last uh, prayers for Nicholas. I just, it's usually customary a year after the death. And I thought, Pauline, that light would go out after that ceremony. And it didn't, it's still on. It remains to be on. So whatever I take away from that, it soothes my soul. So that's where I'm taking it. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that. You know, Gail, you have been such an inspiration to really be in relationship with. And, um, you know, I, I often look to you and, you know, if, if Gail can do it, I like I can. There's no reason why I can't. And, you know, there's many nights where I find myself just a zombie walking through the house, you know, like yeah. just confused and, you know, not understanding why and and. Uh, Feeling yeah. heavy. That's how I describe it. I replay the day over and over and over again. And there's certain things that I still, you know, to this day can't do. But uh, um, I mean, I wanted to have this conversation because for for me, it's it's never gonna be the same. No, it
1: is never gonna be the same. But I really get your
0: commitment and, and your husband and Chris's commitment to recreating yourselves. In,
1: in this given reality. Yep. I mean, in order to survive, you have to move forward. There's no other direction but forward. And I know it sounds hard, but it's the only direction you can go because your loved ones want you to live your life. And losing, losing a child is like the worst case scenario anyone could ever go through. And the hardest thing to do, I mean, it's one thing to lose A husband, it's like, there's loss, don't get me wrong, but this is not supposed to happen. He's not supposed to go before us. So I found that like incredibly hard. Some days I just could not get out of bed. And still sometimes I feel the same way, but it's going through the year. See, the first year is the hardest, hardest, hardest. (laughs) So as I'm going, as we're edging towards September 1, it's feeling the heaviness is back again. So, it's just, you have to just have the small, oh, what do you call it? Like the small achievements. Mm. Getting out of bed is an achievement. So don't knock that until you try it. Getting up and actually brushing your teeth and taking a shower is an achievement in this scenario. Yeah. But you do it in remembrance of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Heavy,
0: (laughs) heavy, heavy, heavy and beautiful,
1: you know, because
0: I think that's also my commitment. So, you know, part of my commitment is definitely road safety. You know, I'm, I'm, Oh yeah. Like huge advocacy for road safety, but also in supporting when your mission and, and, you know, if you're moved at all by Gail Ramdale's story, please find her at risehighfoundation.com. She's committed as she's sharing here, and as I am too, but we're mm-hmm. committed to creating a place where we can we can create opportunities for youth that wasn't going to happen anyways. That's right. And, and that's what the legacy of Nicholas Ramdiel is going to look like. We're going to give back in the way mm-hmm. in which Nick would want us to. Yes, definitely. And,
1: and for the age group that he would want. Yeah. 13 to 25. And I say twenty five because honestly, you know, there's there's some youth that are still they need the guidance and they need they need mentorship and you know, in your twenties sometimes you're flailing. So I've opened the gap from thirteen to twenty five, not just to eighteen. And you Because know- I find it in the mental health um, in the mental health industry, and I found this even doing my research. When you're done as an 18 year old, you're now an adult. So whatever psychotherapy you've gone through or any mental issues that have been dealt with, you have to start all over again. Wow. That's a problem. Yeah. Because you've just gone through the process, but now you have to start from the very beginning again and rehash all the trauma. I don't think so. So again, there's like things that have to be changed and Oh, don't even get me started. (laughs) I'm just, you know, one step at a time. But um, I want to make change. I want to make positive change. And I'm going to do it. water <laughs> yes, no, yes, you are. And it's just like, we don't have charity status yet. And, and we're going to get that. But um, I just want to make sure that everything's done right. And in, in a way that this is about him. This is this is Nicholas, and I want it done beautifully. Mm, I
0: don't doubt it will be just given who you are. And the level of perfection nicholas traveled a lot with my family and i would always joke because nicholas would <laughs> fold his laundry so perfectly that it looked like a bento box like socks that's chris <laughs> shorts t-shirt and it was so neat and then you would see my son's laundry pile was just like he was a slob he was like it was crazy and nicholas was always neat everything was always perfect oh. And yes. just so always, yes. he was. Always, always took pride fresh. in everything he did. Yeah, very freshly yes. dressed. He always smelled amazing. He was always <laughs> neat, put together. Thank you, Miss Pauline. Yes, love you, Miss Pauline. Like super, <laughs> like just such a beautiful soul. And so it makes total sense that you would wait, make sure things are perfect. And yeah. just know that like, we're super excited for everything that you're looking to create, and and honestly, Gill, inspired. Like I'm so moved and inspired by you. That means
1: so much to me, Pauline. It's so much that it means to me. You inspire me too, like always have, always will.
0: You know, I like my well, hero. <laughs> yeah, and you're mine. You know, um, leaders show up in the face of challenges. It's easy to be a leader when everything's good. It's easy yeah. to be inspiring when like all is well and like everything's perfect. But who you've been is, you've just been showing your leadership in the face of tragedy. And for for me, you're my strength. And so you. what you should know is I am 100% positive. Nicholas is so proud of you.
1: Thank you so much, Paulie. <laughs> I really love that.
0: For those of you listening, we're going to um, add the Rise High Foundation in the show notes. You're going to hear lots about it. Nicholas Ramdiel is near and dear to my heart. I will overshare. I promise you. You will hear about it all the time. We are going to do a <laughs> I am going to scream from the top of the mountains around road safety. If you're riding your bike, make sure you're safe. Helmet. Make yep. sure you have no AirPods in your ears make sure that you dismount your bike and cross the street, walking your bicycle across the street. We will continue Mm -hmm. to be advocates for road safety and we will continue to be advocates for, for youth because Gail said so.
1: Yes, because I said so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us here today, Gail. And um, I look forward to, you know, uh, for having you on the podcast, I hope you'll come back, you know, just. Oh, definitely.
1: Definitely. I'll be back.
0: Love you lady. Thank
1: you for, thank you for having me. And I love you with all my heart.